0: Hey everybody, this is Doug Robertson of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution with another edition of the Southern Fried Soccer Podcast. This is the last one this season that is going to come post-game because Atlanta United was beaten by Columbus 4-2 in the decisive Game 3 of their first-round series in the MLS playoffs, and therefore the five-stripes season is done. Columbus was the better team in the series. They showed it again at Lower.com Field last night, scored three goals in the first half. Atlanta got one back, and then they did the one thing that Yorgo Chakamaki said they could not do when talking to his teammates in the locker room, is that was give up a goal early in the second half, and that is exactly what Atlanta United did. Can never get within two goals the rest of the way. Therefore, they are done. In the rest of this podcast, you're going to hear from Gonzalo Pineda. You're going to hear from Brad Kuzan. You're going to hear from Yerger Shakamakis. I was the only Atlanta media member in Columbus for this decisive game three last night. There were some people on Zoom uh, who asked questions. Well, one asked questions, others just kind of listened and then wrote out everything that was there. I'll be honest with you, I'm tired. It was a long day. Uh, I don't know how players do this from every day to every day, but it is what it is. If this is your first time listening to us, please make sure to follow the show on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. All right, we're back. As I mentioned, the team gave up three goals in the first half last night. Uh, one was the result of a, or was help, I should say, by a poor clearance from Miles Robinson. Uh, the second was just a wonder strike uh, that, you know, he could drop that ball 100 times and maybe do it twice. Goal from 30 yards by Elmanson. And the other was another turnover. Uh, this, again, by Jean De Silva. And I, off the top of my head, I tweeted last night, I think it's four goals, four Columbus goals in this series came from Silva turnovers in various parts of the field. But here's Pineda talking about what went wrong in the first half.
2: Well, we consider a couple, couple goals from outside of the box. I think we were good at limiting uh, big chances in the first half. But those two goals took us a little bit by surprise. I mean, one, I think, next we can do better. I think to block that shot. I think the angle we took to 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 block that one was off. The second one is a great goal. I think still our shape can can be better. Um, Sava was out wide in a kind of in a back line of five when we wanted more four for two and defending that space. But I mean, great to them. They 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 disrupt us on that play and then miss a fantastic shot. Um, after that, I think uh, the third one is a transition moment that we gave the ball away and then we didn't react well. Um, and then I think the, the team did well at putting one goal and kind of um, staying to the game. Uh, but I think like the early goal also, uh, also was poor from our side, so uh, leaking goals I think has been our Achilles heel the whole season. And one thing, definitely, we have to take a look at on how we can do better and solidify that. That doesn't mean the defenders, the goalkeeper, the center mids. is everyone as a whole. We need to do better. Um, and, yeah, that, that was my take on, on today's match, especially the first half.
0: Now, in game two, that Atlanta United won 4-2. to After Pineda talked about how he thought Tristan Muyamba and Huzetu were the better midfield combo, along with Almato compared to Columbus's Darlington Nagby and Aiden Morris. Well, Game 3, Nagby and Morris were, were clearly better. Nagby scored the first goal. He's the one that intercepted the poor clearance from Robinson, put a shot into the lower left corner. It was almost the same goal that Cucho Hernandez scored in Game 2. It was one where Jay Fortune was trying to close Nagby down but didn't really take away any of the goal. So he had a whole goal to shoot at and just hit a, a low, hard shot in the lower left corner. Brad Guzan was trying to guard against the far corner and couldn't get down and stop the shot. But here's Paneda on defending Nagby and Morris. Yes,
2: well, uh actually let me let me say something about about them. Congrats to to Columbus. They they did a very good job to Nancy, uh, his coaching staff, um to to the players. I think they they, they were very good. They they are a good team and I wish them the best in the future. Um starting with that, then Yes, as as I said in in a previous press conference, uh, we know that one of the strengths is their pair Nike uh, with Aiden Morris. The last game, as you said, I think um, the first half especially with Rosetto and Tristan, we did a good job at controlling that space. I think Jani did a very good job today too. Aside from a couple actions that is maybe unexperienced, uh, we we felt that he did a very good job winning many 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 balls but in certain plays you know the experience of Rosetto maybe help us out in the last game um so maybe that was the reason in certain places specifically we were a little bit off a little bit out of shape um and um and yeah we were missing something in that part of the field. I kind of agree. But some others, I I felt we also create enough chances and, and, and good possession sequences to unbalance them and score a couple more goals. But we couldn't finalize some of those chances.
0: And I'll have more about this in the coming days. But here's Pineda on describing the season.
2: I would say like an encouraging season. And for me, I mean, it's going to take a longer, longer um, analysis on the whole season, but I would say that is something before uh, League's Cup and one thing, uh, and a very different thing uh, after League's Cup. Um, I think uh, the last ten games after League's Cup, starting with Seattle, uh, in the last game against Cincinnati, on those 10, ten games we scored 24 goals out of ten games. That's a very good record, 2.4 mm-hmm. goals per 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 game. That's that's almost into a new record for MLS uh, in terms of if you multiply that average for, for 34 games. Uh, and then in, in, in playoffs, we score six goals out of three games. So that part, the attacking, the aggression, offensively is encouraging. What I said is, again, we need to do better right. in the defensive phase. If we are able to maintain that level of attacking uh, actions and goals production, but solidifying a little bit more uh, our back line and our defensive structure as a whole, not just the defenders, I think we can do better. So the last 10 games I think are encouraging. Today uh, and the last three games, we face a very good team, very good team. Columbus is a very good team and they were better than us in two out of the three matches. So uh, they deserve the win and, and we
0: need to recruit, analyze and improve for next year. As we were waiting on the interviews last night, I tweeted out a list of a long list of names that I said either will be or probably won't be with Atlanta United next season. I'm going to expand on that in a blog that you can find on AJC.com or you can look for from my Twitter at Doug Robertson AJC. Some of these names on this list are players who are out of contract, like Miles Robinson, Mateus Suzetu. Others are options I don't think the team is going to pick up. Homegrown's like Jackson Conway, for example, who didn't play at all. Well, barely played for Atlanta United this season and then was sent on loan. And others just players that maybe are going to ask the team to not pick up the option because they're not playing much and they're players. They want to go and play somewhere. And that could be guys. And this is me speculating on this. This could be guys like Clement Shop, um, Amar Sadic who barely played in the in the final 10 games of the season after getting quite a few minutes in the beginning of the season. Guys like that. I mean, guys want to play. Ronald Hernandez is another. Um, and when they're not playing, it's, you know, I imagine it's got to be tough, especially when you're a professional. But here's Spinetta on changes coming.
2: My experience in almost 10 years in MLS is that every year there are changes. I remember when I first arrived uh, to Seattle as an assistant coach, uh, Seattle uh, won the title against Toronto in 2016. Mm -hmm. And there were like 15, 16 changes in Mm -hmm. the team. So it's always that process of how you adapt to that. I don't know how many changes are going to be. We have to talk to Carlos, to everyone, and, and to make an analysis on the whole squad and the contracts and all that. Like um, and whatever changes, because we know always are changes. Uh, we have to to make sure that we take this as a foundation. Um, it's not like starting all over the again. I think it's just maybe new additions can can make us a bit better as well. So we will take it like that.
0: Brad Guzan, uh, as he and I always say this, and you've heard me say this many times on the podcast. After tough losses as team captain, Brad will come and talk to us. He did last night. He I don't I don't want to say he was frustrated. Uh he he was disappointed. Um I don't think when they started the season, Atlanta thought this was how it was going to end. It was uh, you know, they made the playoffs, but I, th- I think it was a disappointing season. Um, they didn't accomplish any of their goals, they didn't finish top four, they didn't advance out of the leagues cup. Uh, They didn't go deep into the playoffs. Um, The same mistakes all season over and over again, particularly on defense. Now, once they went through the summer window and they added a couple of starters and they were able to move some other pieces around, the team's offense looked much better, but its defense still just, and you heard Pineda say it, they just leaked goals left and right. Uh, You know, I have some concerns, not that my concerns matter, going forward. If you couldn't get the defensive adjustments and the tactics and all that right after 40 games this season, three Leagues Cup, one U.S. Open Cup, three of the 41 games, then when you're going to have to start to replace people next year, what is going to happen? I mean, I almost, you know, the phrase, keep it simple, comes to mind. But I'm not the coach. I'm not the players. We will see. But here's Brad talking about several things last night, including if he is going to return for next season. Uh, Brad, just what were the things that y'all weren't doing well in the first half, uh, giving up the three goals? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean we. Columbus's movements really good. Columbus, you know they they've got guys that can interchange. Their movements really good. Um, they have a really good understanding of of where the next guy's going to be, and it made it difficult for us to to close guys down and and, and get pressure to the ball when it was in wide areas when it was central um, and you know ultimately they, they they scored three goals and um yeah it uh you know it was probably a bit of a night and day from from the other day um Don't ask me why. Uh, but you know we uh, we just we, we we couldn't we couldn't get
0: close couldn't get close to the ball. Uh, Pineda just talked about leaking goals has been a team's Achilles heel all season. The, the first goal was not it wasn't a good clearance, but also not a good angle. Uh, the second goal was a you know Colazzo kind of that was just a fantastic shot. But the third goal was another turnover. How do y'all? How, how does this get fixed going into the next season? Because it has been a, a pattern all all year. Yeah, um, you know, I think when you when we play the
1: way that we do, obviously at times we're we're exposed, we're open, um, you know. But you know, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what the the magic answer is. Um, you know, I said after the last game. You know, we we are an attacking team. We want to go forward. We want to create chances, score goals, and, and be on the front foot. Um, with that being said, we've we've got to find a way to to be be
0: stronger uh, on the other side of the ball. How would you describe this season overall? You know, played really well after the League's Cup, but you still weren't able to to get that fourth seed. You had chances down the stretch, you couldn't couldn't accomplish it. Yeah, I mean. Um,
1: you know, that's something that we obviously talked about throughout the summer after league's cup. Um, and you know, to, it almost felt that, you know, after a good performance, we were, we were raring to go. And then we we'd hit a bit of a speed bump and, and take the, the wind out of our sails and we'd have to regroup and we'd go again and we'd have a good performance. And then, you know, we, we'd, we'd have another setback or, or whatnot. And, um, you know, we we just need to we need to reflect on the entire year from from start to finish. Um, you know, it wasn't it wasn't all bad by any means, um, but we we also know that um, you know we're we're striving we're striving for better.
0: I don't know when we'll get to talk to you again. You're under contract for next season. Do you plan on returning and playing next season?
1: Um, you know, that's something I'll I'll. I'll you know, we'll, we'll, we'll analyze, we'll, we'll talk about. That's not something that I'm thinking about now. Uh, you know, uh, these moments are never easy, uh, as players. Um, you know, you, you, you sacrifice a lot, you put a lot into, into the group, into the team. Um, and, and when it finishes like this, it's, it's never easy. And, um, you know, we'll certainly take a, take a moment to, to reflect and, you know, have have conversations uh, and
0: go from there. Yurgood Shakamakis, he's become another team leader, uh, also came and spoke last night. Uh, I was curious from him, you know, what is this team missing that's preventing it from becoming a championship contender? And he said that it starts with the defense and not just the goalkeepers, it's it's everybody on the team from from goalkeeper to striker playing better defense. How would you describe tonight? Uh, your emotions tonight?
3: Uh, of course I'm sad because we didn't make it to the next round. Uh, yeah. Of course I want to win. Um, but to be honest, we we, have, we didn't have the advantage of the home game. So it's something that really cost us and um, it's something that in MLS is playing a huge role in playoffs. So as you saw, the last game, we were dominating, we, we played so well in our home. Um, it was a different game. Even today, you cannot say we played bad. We had our chances, we could score even more. But, I mean, when you're in playoffs and you concede four goals, you cannot expect to, to score four or five goals in order to win. It's not normal. Um, at the same time, I'm, I'm proud for, for, my, for my team. Mm-hmm. We did everything possible. Uh it was a season that every three months it was feeling like a total different season. Mm-hmm. And uh it was something that I, I feel that if we had the same team from day one this season, it would be a total different story. Mm-hmm. That's something that um I can tell like cost us in a way that we didn't collect more points so we we'll would have would we'll have the advantage of the home mm-hmm. of home games. Mm-hmm. Uh, not only the first round, but as you progress and go to to the next round, and right. uh, you still having that having that advantage, we all know what is Mercedes-Benz for us. Um, so I think that that's something that uh, that was something that uh, played a, a huge role in in our season.
0: You've won titles at different teams. What is this team missing right now that's preventing it from from performing better in, in important road games?
3: Well, uh, first of all, every league is different. Um, here is the, the game is more open. Uh, the teams are scoring more, conceding more. So I think if you want to be a champion, first of all, everything starts from how you defend, from the, the goalkeeper to the striker. Like, how good are you in defense? And then at the same time, if you are dangerous in attack, then you can expect great things. But as I said before, uh, when you go game three and you concede four goals, it's tough. It's tough. You have to have the perfect day for your offensive line in order to score in every single chance that you will, you will have in your in your, uh, in your game. Uh, so I think that first of all we we have to start from how we defend as a team, and then like everyone could see like we when we are solid defensively we could win anyone. When we're not, we can lose from anyone. And that's something in football in general, I think, if you don't uh, defend in a solid way and uh, try to um, avoid conceding like easy goals or goals that uh, maybe too many, I would say goals, you cannot expect to win something in a major level.
0: You scored one goal tonight. You had a couple of chances that, that Schulte made a couple of really good saves on. How many times did you think, you know, I've just scored again. I've just got my team back in this? Um, no, I thought I.
3: that's what we said in half time. And that's what I, I was feeling that I said to my teammates. Like, guys, we we'll see consider three goals. Forget it. We're back in the game. Now they will be nervous. We scored the goal. They thought they would win us like 4-5 nil. And that's not the case. Right. Now they're stressed. So the most important thing that where we lost the game is that when you play away um, against a team that has a great fan base, uh, so the atmosphere will be buzzing. You cannot concede a goal in either of the half times, either of the half, this first half or the second half in the first minutes. Right. If you concede a goal there, uh you are with the back in the wall. And then you have to react again and again and again. So when we were at, uh 3-1 down, uh, losing, the most important for us, that's what we said in half time that we have to be concentrated like the first 10 minutes, it's okay if we don't score, mm-hmm. we just don't concede. Right. But when you concede the first 2 minutes, game over.
0: Right. All right, when we come back, I'm going to answer your questions about Atlanta United. Again, my Twitter is at Doug Robertson AJC, or X, or whatever the heck you want to call the stupid thing, at Doug Robertson AJC. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook at Atlanta United News Now, or you can email me at droberson, or D-R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N, at AJC.com. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution.
3: The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluesteak, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut, are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.
0: I'm Ernie Suggs. And I'm Ned Ravone. Atlanta has been known as the Black Mecca for so many years, but that means something different to everybody. It means everything to me. Every day I wake up, I learn something new. Well, you all can learn something new by subscribing to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's new newsletter called Unapologetically ATL. It's all about the people, the events, and the entertainment happening in Metro Atlanta that Black people might want to know about. So subscribe today at www.ajc.com slash unapologetically ATL. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution has a special offer for our podcast listeners. You can get three months of unlimited digital access for just 99 cents. Go to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. Nobody called into the mailbag, but that number is 404-526-AJCP, 404-526-2527. On to the questions. Alan, friend of the podcast, says, In your list of departing players, you had Ronald Hernandez. I know he had a bad game one playing out of position and might be a little expensive, but was wondering why you thought he would depart. I generally think of him as a good backup, especially since he could play on both sides. Thank you for all of your great coverage this year. I really enjoyed following your reporting through AJCX and Southern Fried Soccer. Hope you are under contract for next year. Thank you, Alan. It's very kind of you. I appreciate it. And as of right now, yeah. Uh, From reasons I mentioned earlier, Hernandez may want to play. Uh, Brooks Lennon is going to be under contract through next season. Hernandez as a center back has not worked, uh, which is another position I guess he could play. Maybe if he went through a whole preseason training and and decided he wanted to go with three center backs, he might use Hernandez. But you've also got Noah Cobb who needs to get minutes Um, with Miles Robinson departing and Juanjo Parato's loan likely not being extended. But Ronald may want to play. I know Pineda likes him. He really likes his work ethic and training and, and things like that. And he seems like a good guy, um, which is important to Atlanta United for chemistry in the locker room. But he may decide that he wants to play. I'm not saying he is leaving, just, you know, trying to think, put myself in, in his mind. David says, thank you for the excellent coverage this season. It makes being an Atlanta United fan a much more rich experience. Well, that's very kind of you, David. Thank you. A quick observation from David: It seemed like the team played hard in Columbus, but the defense let the team down at times when simultaneously trying to push for goals. We need a top-form goalie to help cover for bad passes. That said, I believe I read Guzan has the second lowest stop percentage in the league. While I like Pineda as coach, I've questioned why he kept has kept Guzan in the starting lineup. If Gigi had the second lowest goal contribution record in the league, would he have kept him as a striker? Do you think Atlanta can be a real MLS cup contender next year with Guzan and goal? Thanks again for the stellar work this season. Looking forward to next season. Yeah, I do. And, you know, people on social media have a right to say whatever they want to say, but the takes on Guzan to me are, are awful. Um, Those goals last night, Brad probably could have done better on the first goal. The other three, no goalkeeper stopping those. Um, When the defense keeps putting him in awful situations, the stats are going to be bad. Um, Can he be better? Yeah, he can, but so could everybody on the field. It's not all down to Brad. Brad's not the one who passed the ball right to Darlington-Nagby. Brad's not the one – who gave away the ball in the defensive third. Coffee sip. Um, I mean, he he worked his tail off from his Achilles to come back for this season. Got back this season, led the team. They did make the playoffs. But you can't put all of this on, on Guzan, in my opinion. And if you think you're going to go out and find a world-class striker or a world-class goalkeeper, then okay, And this obsession that some people have with with Ethan Horvath, I do not understand. I mean, it's just, it's it's weird. Uh, There are more goalkeepers in the world, and there are certainly a heck of a lot more teams in the world that Ethan Horvath could go to uh, than Atlanta United. So you might want to expand your horizons, those of you who keep wishing for Horvath. Um, He may end up with Atlanta United. I have no idea, but we'll see. De Boonful says, I was on a flight back from Europe. Hey, I wish I was in Europe. And got a few moments of the game to pop in over the in-flight Wi-Fi and burst. Unfortunately, those moments were mostly some basic defensive lapses. Familiar theme for 2023, I'd say. I would appreciate, this is De Boonful, saying some basic classic American-style full boot clearances instead of too often trying to tiki taka." Our way out of our own penalty box, like it's important to demonstrate our, I don't know this word you've used, from the back team skill continually. Risk-reward calculation is just not there to play ball control in our own box against a team like Columbus. I just need to know, he says, should I watch the whole game today? Was it a performance worth watching? It feels like it would be painful, and I should just mentally clear out the 2023 campaign. I wouldn't watch it if I were you. You know what's going to happen. It's not worth the uh, frustration if I were an Atlanta United supporter, I think. Fletcher says, overall, I thought Atlanta played pretty well after going down the first two. Columbus was certainly ready for us, and I think they made better game-to-game adjustments than we did. One I noticed was shutting down and staying on Gigi, who hurt them in the second game. Last thought of the game, Cucho is a player I do not like, always in the referee's ear and always scoring, of course. (laughs) But I thought what he did with the Spider-Man mask in celebration after Rossi's goal was classless. I know it was in response to Silva, but Silva did it for his son, who loves the character. And I thought it was unsportsmanlike to celebrate in that way. Thanks for hearing my complaints. And thanks for the podcast all season. I will miss them in the offseason. Well, I'll still have some from time to time, catching y'all up on Atlanta United News and providing analysis. But it won't be nearly as many as there were. In the season. I don't know if that's why Cucho did that with a Spider-Man mask. It may be for his son. For all we know, uh, one of either Diego's or Cucho's son also likes Spider-Man and saw that and said, hey, Daddy, will you do that for me? I I, I would be stunned if a player were that spiteful. Rob says, bummed to see the team go out tonight. Was pretty much a foregone conclusion the, the moment – they announced the team was wearing the mint greens. The hate y'all have for the forest kit is is almost humorous. Um, I get it. You know, people don't like to be associated. People will find visual things they associate with bad memories and and kind of keep a jinx going. But reading some of the tweets last night, they were they were making me laugh. But I, I understand the frustration. Can I confirm? This is the lowest points per match of any kit in Atlanta United history. I can't. Uh, it may be in the game notes, but I, I, I really don't know. I got to think that whatever kit the team wore in uh, 2020 probably had some pretty bad mojo with it too. Uh, that would have been the um, the nine to five kit, I think. Yeah, that would have been the nine-to-five kit. That's what I call it. They had the nine stripes instead of the five stripes. Second from Rob, and this may be wishful thinking, if Luis Suarez is really coming to Major League Soccer and ushering in a four-DP era for the league, is it possible Robinson has been holding out hopes that this would happen to lobby for the fourth-DP slot? I haven't heard there's going to be a fourth-DP slot. And I don't know if you saw last night, but there was a report that Suarez could stay in Brazil for another year. Um, Atlanta United is not going to offer him more money. They've offered him a max TAM deal, which is like $1 less than a DP deal. Uh, He has not signed. I think he just wants a fresh start. I could be wrong. But if he hasn't signed it yet, hasn't given any indication of signing it yet after more than a year, then why? The only way he would, as I've said many times before on the podcast is if he, tests the waters out there, and discovers that he's not going to get a better offer. But, yeah, if, Atlanta, if there is a fourth TP slot, I don't think Atlanta United signs him as a fourth TP. On to Guzan from Rob. Under contract for next year, sure, but what are the odds he's either backing up someone else or our one-time buyout? He is not going to be the one-time buyout. And the stat tonight about second-worst save percentage in the league. Stats are stats. You can make stats say whatever you want them to say. Uh, you know, there was no context provided with that stat. There probably should have been. Um, if you go back, I tweeted a couple of weeks ago that he also has one of the better save percentages on, on uh, like, tough shots or something like that. I can't remember what the stat was. But, like, expected goal saves or something like that. He's been put under way too much pressure way too often this season. But as I've said many times before, Pineda has said they've got to start limiting the big chances they allow. Now, there are several other players that Atlanta United would need to use its buyout on. It won't be Guzman. Friend of the podcast, Eric with a K. When Columbus went ahead 3 to nothing, the analyst on Apple TV summed it up best, and I'm paraphrasing here, when he said, If you're Columbus right now, you're walking up to an Atlanta player and thanking them for playing exactly how you want them to play. That was Danny Higginbotham. Basically, he was criticizing Atlanta's stubbornness and accepting their lack of efficiency at working the ball out of their defensive third. Nonetheless, it was nice to see Atlanta fight back, both in this match and in the transfer window. Their tenacity deserves respect, and at the end, they were certainly entertaining. Great job with the pods this year. Well, thank you, Eric. Coffee sip. It was a weird year. That's for sure. It was certainly more fun than last year, but also, you know, by the end of the season, I, I would have the quotes and I would have the facts and I would have a basic idea of what wanted to write, but I just couldn't get the, getting, couldn't get the words there. Like I wanted them to, I was a little, little worn down. It's been, you know, because of the league's cup and everything else, it's been a long year and sometimes it happens. Um, but I will hopefully come back strong next year and and we'll be better. On to our last two. Alex says, first of all, thank you for doing this podcast. It's been a fun season, and I've really enjoyed listening to it over the course of the season. Well, thank you, Alex. I'm obviously disappointed by the result, but to be honest, this team really never seemed to have it throughout the year with the iffy defense and inconsistent play. I would agree with that too. Obviously, we have a lot of change coming next season between the likely departure of Miles, Almada, and possibly Silva. Hopefully Cobb can fill in defensively for us, but he's still not a guarantee. Do you see the team going back to the Ligue All 2 pipeline, that's France, that has treated us so well? I'd have to imagine that an Almada sale would give us plenty of cash to spend in Europe, and that feels like it's been instantly more successful for us than going for MLS level talent compared to what I still see as a significantly better second division in France. Um, I I think Cobb will certainly get more minutes with the first team next year. I don't think he's gonna be a starter again, unless the team decides to change its base formation to do three center backs. Um, I do think the team is gonna sign two center backs. I think one of them, and this is me speculating, but I'm trying to think like Lagerwey and Carlos, probably an MLS veteran. They've had not good luck bringing in center backs from other leagues and hoping that they would become a starter. Um, it's a long list: uh, Fernando Meza, Alan Franco, Parato came in on a loan and, and did perform well, but then lost his job to Luisa Brom. But you know, he, he's a good defender, but I think Atlanta could probably find a better defender. I don't think Parada's loan is going to be extended unless he can come for a really, really inexpensive salary. So, yeah, I mean, I, I can see Atlanta both mining MLS, looking for a trade, and around the world to try to find a, a quality third or fourth center back. Lastly, from Joseph, who I think might be a new soccer fan, uh, can you provide a quick overview of when Almada would potentially be signed to another team? Are there certain windows in the upcoming season when this would happen, or could it happen at any time? Uh, now, there typically there are two windows. Uh, well, yeah, there are two windows in transfer windows in the soccer world, Joseph. Uh, one is in January. Uh, another is in the summer. MLS has some different windows, but for the purposes of your question. The next window in which Almada could be sold to clubs in Europe would be uh, in January. After that, it would be a summer window uh, that starts in—I think it's—well, I have to go back and look, uh, but it definitely includes August. Um, so, so that's it. You can't just be sold or traded or transferred and then go to that club at any point in the year. I guess if you're if you're out of contract. You could sign a pre-contract with another team within like, I think it's 90 days of the uh, start of the transfer window. something like that. Um, But Tiago is not out of contract, so that wouldn't happen. And Joseph says, who do you feel is the most improved player of this year? Um, That's a really good question. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, There's, you know, several players that, that, Played surprisingly well. Uh, Caleb Wiley started most of the season, and, and Pineda said they didn't expect that was going to be the case at the beginning of the year. Brooks Lennon finally got a striker, and his stats kind of proved a worth that I think has been there for several years that many of y'all disagreed with me about and, and would complain incessantly that his crosses were going to nobody. And I would kept telling you, well, if he had a striker, that's where those would be going. Um Yergo fantastic year. Once Mayumba came in, Huzetu had a good year. Uh, so there's several candidates. I'd love to hear your Joseph, if you want to email me and tell me. And we don't really have a question of the week, so it's going to be more a statement of the week for me. I just want to thank everybody for listening to the podcast. Um, it is the, uh, it's not the number one podcast in the United States by any stretch of the imagination, but it is the number one MLS podcast team focused podcast in the country. And that is because of y'all and I appreciate it. And I hope you enjoy the work. Um, Please tell your friends, Uh, please try to get your information about the team from people who cover the team. So that would be me. Uh, That would be dirty South soccer. Um, You know, sometimes the guys from five takes or not five takes from scarves and spikes come to training sessions or, or, or the home games. Um, you know, the athletic sometimes has coverage. Don't rely on things like Reddit, um, where opinion can be mistaken as fact. Reddit has a, a fantastic place in soccer coverage, but it's not the place to go to if you want reporting. It's aggregates other people's reporting, but then things can get turned and twisted. Um, and that's not a knock on the guys who run Reddit or anything like that. It's just it's it's more how people perceive information on Reddit and message boards and, and other things like that. Um, I hope you'll consider subscribing to the AJC. That's subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast. You can get not only my coverage of Atlanta United, but our coverage of all of the teams in Atlanta, the politics, entertainment, breaking news, all that. I hope you'll... Give us a rating and a review on Spotify and Apple. That's what helps us grow the podcast. Again, thank you all for for reading. Thank you for listening. Thank you for interacting with me. Thank you for saying hello to me when you see me out in Midtown. That's happened quite a few times, and it's always a a little treat. It's always nice to meet new people. Hug your loved ones. Communicate with your loved ones. This is Southern Fried Soccer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Y'all take care.